0: Author of the Week, with Jessica Burtis, Alex Lefchuk, and of course, another sensationally talented purveyor of perfect prose.
1: But who's the author?
0: Let's find out. Well... She was too good to actually just keep back for any longer, frankly. I mean, her debut on October the 1st, as far as the Midweek Drive was concerned, was quite frankly, terribly, terribly wonderful and awesome. It was just great. So we're delighted to welcome back to the programme the Queen of Collaboration, book publisher, multiple times international number one bestselling author, executive film producer and a red carpet interviewer. Of course, it's the fabulous
2: Linda Sunshine West. How are you, Linda? Oh, I'm doing great, Alex. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be back. It's always fun to, you know, come on these and like have a recap of, you know, what's happened since then, right? Well, exactly. (laughs) I
0: mean, you know, I know it's Einstein who said that uh, the most persistent of illusions was that past, present, and future are separate entities, but we still like to actually progress from this. And you had such a splash last year that we thought it was very important that you came back. And of course, Jessica Bertis is with us now uh, to also quiz you on all sorts of things. Jessica's in North Carolina. Welcome, Jessica.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: And fact, well, we I hand over straight away to Jessica so that she can quiz you on some of the awesomeness and the things you've been doing since we last spoke.
1: Yeah, so there's so much to ask, but how have you been and how is your 2022 going?
2: Oh, so far so great. You know, here we are one week into it and um, it's, it's just been uh, phenomenal, way better than I already expected. So that's cool. Yeah, what are we'll your get plans into that. for this year? Well, this year it's interesting that you asked that question because I always have something planned, but this this plan that I have is very specific for the first time in my life. And you know, they call it, you know we have smart goals, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. And this goal actually fits all of that for the first time. So uh, our mission this year is to publish 25 books in 2022. And the reason that's a big deal is because last year we did two. So we 10x'd it, and I know without a doubt that we are going to hit that goal. And things are moving that way. That's why I said it's like way better than I expected already. By you know this time, a week into the the year, is things are moving along that way, and I think things are just lining up perfectly to make that happen.
1: That's really exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about it.
2: (laughs) Yes, it's it's really it's awesome. You know when you have a an idea of something you want to do. And then you go with it, but you don't really know how you're going to get there. I know how we're going to get there. So it's even cooler, right? (laughs) Because like I have the plan, I have, everything's in motion. I have the team to help me get there. So everything is lining up just perfectly. Can you
1: tell us about some of that plan and how you like set out your goals for that?
2: Yeah. Great question. Thank you. Um, The thing is that, you know, I, previously, I didn't have any teammates to help me. So one of the things that's instrumental in what I'm doing now is I have a full-time virtual assistant that I brought on. I've worked with her part-time for about three years. But I made that jump to say, you know what, I need her full time. So I brought her on full time. So that's part of the plan. And the other part of the plan is that I brought in a creative director to my team, you know, somebody that can keep me grounded, as well as has the vision that I have in order to make, you know, make the goals happen. So we're moving forward. And uh, those are two huge pieces to the puzzle. In addition to that, we have systems like I've created systems last year, and it's just now it's a matter of refining them to make them better and better and better and more effective. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, I
1: saw that you're called the queen of collaboration. So can you tell us like how you go about collaborating with others? Because I know some people it's very hard sometimes when you're working with a lot of people and maybe you guys have different ways of working. So how do you go about that?
2: There's two different things um, the how I got the name, the Queen of Collaboration, is for the last seven years, I've been doing uh, work with my I have a mentor, and that mentor has introduced me to a lot of different people with a lot of different skills. And so one thing I've learned in you know the last seven years is how to listen to what people need and instead of what they're saying, but what they're not saying. And by doing that, by listening to them, listening to their needs, I'm able to say, ah, I have the right person for you. So that's how I became known as the Queen of Collaboration because I have connected thousands of people with each other so that they can do work together. But in addition to that, you know, we we have collaboration books that we put together, and that's one of my favorite things because I do love collaborating with people. So it was a natural thing for me to want to bring people together in these books in order to share their stories. So it's um, it's just really a matter of listening to what people want and need, and then finding the person or persons who can feel that want or need for them and then connecting them with each other. That's what I do. Thank so, you. Yeah. It sounds very much.
0: Go on, go on Jessica.
2: <sighs> I, I like how
1: intentional it is. It sounds like there's a lot of intentional actions going on. And I think that's very important to remember with collaboration.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that word because intention wasn't something I, I was accustomed to, you know, growing up or, or, you know, living in my life that way until only probably about age 54 or so is where I started saying, you know what, I'm going to do this with intention. I'm going to show up to a show with intention. I'm going to show up to a networking event when we could do those in person, you know, I'm going to show up with an intention and setting the intention really set me, set my mindset in the right place in order to achieve whatever goal it is. And it's interesting because in 2015, I was 51 and I broke through a fear every single day for a year. And that really helped me to learn how to set intentions and to get me set up for that. And one of the biggest challenges I had, uh, well, the, the fear of rejection and the fear of judgment were my two number one fears. And when I would go to networking events, I kid you not, sometimes I would drive there and I would sit in my car and then I would get distracted by Facebook and then the event would be over and I would go home. I would never even step inside because I was too scared. I didn't set an intention. So once I started setting intentions, I was able to like go into events and stuff and, and go in there with a goal and a mission in mind. I no longer let my fear stop me, but I let my intention fuel me. So it's, it's really cool how setting an intention can change the trajectory of your entire life. Yeah, it's fantastic.
0: Thank you. It certainly opens up a whole range of things. And, and one of the uh, added sort of bonuses since we last spoke, Linda, is that Pamela Suman, who was, as you recall, on our first call uh, when we were sort of chatting with you when you were making your debut on the Midridge Drive, uh, Pamela's launched a whole new, uh, almost weekly series of podcasts from New York City uh, called New York Real Talk, which is, I mean, did you have any intention with respect to that, Pamela? Was, was that a case of following through on, on Linda Sunshine West's approach to life?
3: You know, I don't, I wonder, I wonder if the term urge <laughs> or intention, you know, is the same thing in a different form. Um, I think that intention is definitely something that is, um, it, I think it is more thought about in the sense that it is responsibly gotten to. Whereas like an urge, (laughs) Um, I I get so many crazy ideas and constantly. And sometimes I just have to write them down because, you know, you're not necessarily supposed to follow through on every crazy idea you have. But the word intention, and I love, you know, the the spiritual origins of the word. And it's very strong in Buddhism. um, is really a lovely way to come at something because it, it implies more balance you know, it's the thought. It's it's everything—the mind and the soul and the spirit and the and um, all of those things working in conjunction, coming to a place where you realize, "I'm going to set an intention for this. I have something specific that I want for this." As you know, as opposed to some kind of spastic urge, you know, or hope, or something that just kind of flies into your head and then you go off in that direction blindly. You know. Thank you. It's nice to to hear that word. <laughs>
2: Yeah. That's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, going off into your basically into a tangent, right? (laughs) You're going someplace, you have no idea what you're doing, but sometimes that that's like a guided, the urge may be um, a perfectly guided or divinely guided urge. And sometimes it's, it's um, due to fear oftentimes, right? Our urges that we get are to escape something. And so it's the question is, are we escaping or are we, running to something. And that's one thing that I I realized, you know, when I was breaking through those fears every day that I spent a lot of my life running away from things rather than running to things. And setting intention was a big deal for me because setting an intention meant that I knew what I was going to attain. I knew what I was going toward. And it really changed, you know, the, the way I, again, the way I run my life because setting intentions make me much more successful in achieving my goals, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's very, it's very inspiring. And um, it's just, it's definitely food for thought. I think a lot of creative people um, are afraid they'll miss something if they don't just, you know, Oh, let me follow this. Let me follow that. Um, And I know that in the music world, (laughs) it's definitely I think a lot of people, you know, live their lives and then they they look at a certain point, they look back and there's a lot of retrospection and there's a lot of great things that are done, but there are a lot of uh, sloppy things that are done and there there are car crashes along the way and such. Um, And it's just, you know, at a certain point in everyone's life, I think it's important to take stock of things and maybe go forward more carefully, you know, with something in mind because, you know, life is life and, and it's up to us. We have so much more power and control in certain ways than we, than we realize, you know, and in other ways, we don't have any control, you know, it's both things are true.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, uh, you know, my mom, two weeks before she passed away, said something to me that was one of those pivotal moments. You know, we have these, these phrases that people say to us and some of them stick. And one of the things she said was, um, you know, I've lived my life with so many regrets. You go out there and live the rest of your life with no regrets and I didn't really understand it when she said it, you know, but as time went by, I started to really understand what that means. It's like, you know, don't take each day for granted and and live your life to the best. Make decisions that are best for you. And one thing I do realize too is that when we make a decision, it may not be the right decision for us, but we think it is in the moment. So I make a decision and it was the right decision when I made it. So instead of like a week later I'm like, "Oh, that was a bad decision. Why did I do that?" Instead of doing that, I just say That was the right decision for me at that time, but I'm going to change the trajectory of what I'm doing today instead of beating myself up. And that's really helped me again with that intention, right? To live intentionally and not have any regrets over the, the bad decisions I made, you know, I made my fair share. That's for darn sure.
3: Oh, well, you know, it's interesting. It's like we don't, it's that balance. You know, I remember when we were speaking before um, and you were talking about being true to yourself. And even if that maybe breaks some eggs or shakes up some other people, you still have to do that. It's the most important thing. And likewise, like you were just talking about maybe staying in your car. And, and uh, you know, I've done, I've had times like that too. I, I remember going to an event, a music event, publishing event um, in, in, Beverly Hills and I went and I even brought my daughter with it with me and we had a nice steak dinner in this lovely restaurant but I was just freaking out because I really didn't want to be there I was shy I maybe I knew what my intention was but I just didn't you know I had so much insecurity and it was such a world that it was I was trying to make sense of it all and it really wasn't somewhere I even really wanted to be you know um but the interesting thing you know about what you know what you're talking about and what you're conveying is is really that we just need to be kind to ourselves, and you have to jump in. You can't be afraid to jump in, because if you don't jump in, you're never going to know what could have come of something. So you have to take a certain amount of measured risk, and or maybe not always measured risk, but the intention is really beautiful through line, because if you keep that as your mantra, it, it, then, then you'll be a little bit more clear and balanced. And um, a couple of years ago, this thing kept going through my head. and It was know thyself, know thyself, know thyself we're continuing to get to know ourselves. And through that, we're getting to know the world in a clearer way. And and that is really important. And I, lo- I love the things that you speak about. It's, it's they're very good reminders.
2: <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's all through, um just like the in, you know, introspection, right? And or retrospection as well. I like to look back and think, figure out like, okay, why did I do that thing that I did? Because Especially if it's something that I didn't wanna do so that I don't do, I don't do it again. But then why did I do that thing that I did that turned out well? Let me do more of that, you know? And it's really a simple process of just looking back and say, how did I mess that up? Or how did I do so well at that? I gotta keep doing more of that and not letting the fear of success get in our way. Because oftentimes the fear of success will stop people, you know, dead in their tracks because they're too scared about um, the responsibility with success. I think that's what really scares most people with it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, I, 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 it's so nice to hear you, you speak about things, you know, like this, because they're, they're important. We have to live our lives and not think too much about things, but at the same time, you know, we can, we absolutely. It's not like we get to. I think. I think people sometimes feel that you get to a certain point in your life and you can change. You're not going to change. It's fixed. Your life is fixed. Your situation's fixed. Everything's fixed. That's a construct in our mind. It's. It's. Um. You know. I. I even go so far as to think of spirituality or religion that way. And in. In. In my own mind, we can convince ourselves of anything to be true, um, and so we believe it to be true. It is therefore true. So that's, we need to be checking in with ourselves on what we believe and how, what, what our story is about ourselves is really important.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's, you know, life is interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, it
2: is. It definitely is, you know, cause making decisions it's, uh, we can make decisions all we want. And, you know, we can hope, dream, pray, desire, manifest, you know, for anything that we want in life. And we can make a decision all we want in life. But if we don't take an action behind that decision, then nothing's going to happen. And so how often do we think things like, I wish I did this instead, but we don't do anything about it. And so that wishing is, Hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. But if you want the result, you actually have to take that action. And so uh, you know, that's, you know, action takers publishing was actually stemmed from that idea because I realized I was spending most of my life wishing, hoping, dreaming, praying. And I wasn't, you know, I was manifesting things, but I, when they were staring me right in the face, I was too scared to take the action to make it happen. So when I started saying, okay, anytime I say um, I wish I had, or I wish I did instead, what we're going to do is we're going to stop wishing and we're going to start doing and that was about maybe four or five years ago. And so since I've been doing that, I have been taking action. I've been taking massive action and my life has completely transformed because of the actions I've taken. So we can be sitting there scared of scared to do something or we can be sitting there scared to do something and do it. You know, I, I like to do things now because I'm scared and I'm actually getting ready to do a TED talk um, on this. And I, you know, as I said those words, okay, so I want to share something about that. As I said, those words, I just said, I'm getting ready to do a Ted talk. Here's the reality. Now, see, that's in my mind what's happening, right? I'm already forecasting for that. So here's the reality is that yesterday I talked to a TEDx coach to learn how to speak on a TED stage and how to get on a TED stage. So what did I do? I took an action because I want something. I took an action and I'm going to work with that coach. And I already know in my mind that I'm going to be on the stage. So I speak it as if it's happening. And that's part of the process, you know, for us to be able to, to live the life that we want to live. We have to speak it, you know, they call it speaking it into existence. And that's what I just did. And I, I didn't realize I did it until I said it. And like, I'm you know, getting ready to speak on a TED stage. That's what I'm doing.
3: That's fantastic. A few years ago, um, I had a friend who told me, and he's quite successful um, film music composer, and he said he would talk to me about these terms, but I was, you know, I was, I was in my twenties and I was, I was loving these terms and I was loving talking about these things, but I hadn't embodied really. And I just kind of flailed around. I mean, I had intention. I had things like, but I was in New York city. I didn't know what I was doing there. <laughs> and, um, you know, he said, he was talking about creative visualization. Um, and, and I was just, I was like, wow, that sounds really nice. <laughs> you know? But I, I couldn't really understand what, what he meant, and now I do. And it is so, it's such a powerful tool for manifestation and it's almost frightening because we can head down that road and we there's so much that we can do with that. We we have so much more in hand. We have to do the work. And as we do the work along the way, we have things that tell us, well, this is working, this isn't working, maybe you shouldn't keep going down this path, but you could take you know, your veer off there okay it's enough saying maybe i want to play a show at the bitter end in new york city which is a famous place and then you play the show and it's great but you know you learn from that experience maybe you didn't sing loud enough or maybe um you didn't demand that the the monitors be placed in the right way so you could hear yourself and you were too shy so the next time you go and you play you hopefully you learn from that and you're able to you know speak up for yourself ask for the things that you need work hard and then each time I remember, Alex, we were interviewing um, uh, Jennifer Gilson and, and Steve Rosenthal, and Jennifer was talking about The Living Room. And it really was a platform for, for young artists to play and hone what they do and hone what they do. And so many people that said, I want to move to New York and do my music. So this kind of thing is, is important What you've just done what you're about to do. And from that experience, you learn and you'll do it again. And when you do it again, it'll be more informed. And it really is a beautiful thing. And it is true it's not just empty, empty words. I mean, what you're saying is definitely absolutely true.
0: Just want to break into this potent and say, Jessica, would you like to just share your particular saying, which I must admit was new to me, but I think you need to share this with the listener as well.
1: So, yeah, so I, I heard a quote once and it was um, that you should never let a wishbone grow where your backbone should be. Um, and I thought that that just suited this um, idea of intention and executing what you want to do. Um, Instead of just kind of this wishful thinking of, oh, I should do that. It's I will do that. So I, I try to keep that in mind. It's a good reminder to me of what you're both saying.
3: Wishbone. I love that.
2: <laughs> I like that. We can call it the wheel bone instead of the wishbone, right? <laughs> I will do that. I, that. That's a great one. I love that. You know, what you were saying, Pamela, it's interesting because um, I came up with this phrase for myself is that, you know, every time I step out of my comfort zone, because, you know, fear is outside of the comfort zone, you know, so we have to break through a fear to step out of it. And so every time I um, step out of my comfort zone, what I've done is I've actually enlarged the size of that comfort zone. And each time, cause you know if you do something one time, it could be scary well, the next time it's a little less scary because you know what to expect. And then the next time, and, and, you know, like practicing or, or doing something, uh, you know, for me going to networking events was very, very hard for me to do because I was so scared, believe it or not, I'm a very shy person. And, you know, a lot of people don't believe that about me, but it's true. And it's not what you see on the outside. It's what's going on inside. So what's going on inside is this turmoil. It's just turning around. Like, I don't know what to say. What if, What if they make fun of me? You know, what if I say the wrong thing? Like all these different things that are going on that make me fearful or, you know, be shy to approach people. So what I do is I, again, I set my intention. Now, when I go to places, I set an intention in my car. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to meet two amazing people. Like that's my whole goal is just to meet two amazing people. So it takes a lot of pressure off to do the right thing, to say the right thing, to sit the right way, to hold my fork the right way. You know, like if it's a, a meal type of networking event, you'll, you know, how am I gonna hold my fork? I don't know, just ridiculous things like that that would go through my head. And so just saying I'm gonna meet two incredible people made, made it easier. So each time I go, I have enlarged that size of my comfort zone. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger because now those things that were uncomfortable at one time are now comfortable for me so i like to just call it that enlarge let's enlarge the size of our comfort zone and by the way that is going to be in my ted talk
0: Excellent. and linda as you're well aware we've provided you with two amazing people today with jessica and pamela so you know you put that the wish about attention and then lo and behold we manifest exactly it. it's very good <laughs> International number one bestselling author, executive film producer, red carpet interviewer, founder of Women Action Takers. Is there any one of those that you would prefer to actually sort of have as, yes, that's that's the one I'd like to go with? Or is it a case of no, I can't possibly choose? Uh,
2: Well, it is hard to choose, but I I think the one that um, the red carpet interviewer. Oh, my gosh, that was never, ever, ever in my trajectory in my life. It was nothing I ever dreamed about. I never thought about it, never even considered it until one day when I said, I want to interview stars on the red carpet. And then, and then it started to unfold, you know, like that whole setting and intention thing. And and it's it was so cool because some of the people I've interviewed, like I interviewed the president of Mexico, the country in his presidential suite. That was like, oh my gosh, this is my... Oprah Winfrey moment. Right. But I was on the red carpet one day and, um, and I had an intention I, I always set an intention when I go on the carpet to interview a specific person and then everybody else is just, you know, uh, you know, the, the whipped cream on the Sunday. Right. And so my intention was to interview Wesley Snipes. Cause he was like the, the special star of the day. And, you know, he's a, an American actor and, um, he passed me up on the red carpet and I just looked and I was like, I am getting Wesley Snipes <laughs> like that. And so I'm a bad scared. Boy. <laughs>
4: Yeah,
2: exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, it 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 was just It was one of those moments in life that you're like, did I really do that? So what I did is I I basically stared him down and I, there was a person interviewing him about four people away from him, from me. And I watched every single movement that both of them were making. So I watched their, their body language. I watched their lips moving. I was listening to the conversation. And then the second they were done, I literally grabbed him by the elbow and I pulled him back over and I said, Mr. Snipes, it's my turn. And he's like, okay. So I made that happen. I had that desire and I wasn't letting my embarrassment because if I had thought too much about it, I would have been too embarrassed to do that. But instead I had like this, this desire of what I wanted to interview Wesley Snipes and I did it and I made it happen. It was just one of those amazing moments in my life.
3: That's so impressive.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. It was so scary if I thought about it, but I didn't think about it. So
3: you know, my mother did that. My mother kissed Tom Jones.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm sure he <laughs> kissed a lot you know, of people. Austin
3: backstage, and it was a big radio show. So there, lots of, um, there were lots of different acts uh, that would play. And they would do, like, track dates. They would do really short, like, one song, two songs. So there's a lot of people back there. And... Um, Because of the school that I went to, the music school, I I knew a lot of musicians that were playing with people, and and so I knew people back there, and my mom came to the show, and it was at a a place called Great Woods in Massachusetts, a huge outdoor place, and we're backstage, and my mother spied Tom Jones. I didn't, I never even met him. I didn't, I didn't get to say anything. (laughs) She said, "There's Tom Jones. I'm going to go kiss him, or something like that." I can't remember what she said. But next thing I know, I look over and there's my mother. But you know, she's from the Bronx, <laughs> so she, you know, she she had had a lot of uh, chutzpah. Chutzpah. She kissed him right on the cheek. I couldn't believe it, and I was, I was more at once. I was mortified, and I was impressed, and I was in awe of how brave my mom was. And I wish that I had kissed Tom Jones. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you're talking about you just have to go for it sometimes, right?
0: <laughs> there are folk, Linda, who be saying, "Well, that's what we'd expect from three American women, basically, who are obviously on top of everything, and they're working through that. Um, Pamela's obviously in New York. Jessica's in uh, the Joys of North Carolina. Linda,
2: are you you're, uh,
0: Florida, if I,
2: if I recall? i'm in san diego california so the san diego coast. california even yeah.
0: even further west so forget florida you're already seen in the sunshine state we've <laughs> exactly. talked, commented on this uh, is this something which culturally perhaps americans are better at uh, than shall we say europeans were not only do we have to worry about which knife which fork do we actually use but it's knife and fork you know it's a whole range of things there
2: i i don't know if um I'm not sure that especially in today's world with technology and the internet and all of that that I that I really I'm for lack of a better term that I buy into the cultural differences because we have so many opportunities now to learn from other people for me it was a matter I mean I was 51 before I even started to break through those fears So I spent the first 51 years of my life sheltered, fearful, um, you know, scared to approach people. There's, like I said, that red carpet thing, that was something that ended up kind of happening. I just said, I think that would be cool to do that. And then, you know, made it happen. And so that setting the intention thing is what really has turned my life around. Because if I had never thought about interviewing on the red carpet, it never would have happened. But I thought about it and then I acted on it. And so, you know, we let, we let fears, we let our culture, we let our culture control us or we don't, we make a choice. And so for me, you know, I've made a choice to no longer let my environment, I grew up in a very volatile, abusive, alcoholic environment, that environment, that culture that I grew up in, I could allow that to control my whole life, or I could allow it to control me till I was 51. When I made a decision to make a change. So we do have, you know, with, with social media, with, you know, podcasts, like there's so many opportunities for us to gain that chutzpah to do the things and not let our fears of whatever the judgment is that is going to come that you let that judgment stop us. And I think that that really is the main um, fear Actually, it is the number one fear, ju- fear of judgment. So if we can like step into us, like who we are and um, what was it you said earlier, Pamela, you know, like the, to the, the just be me or uh, something like that, right? It's like, just be me. I got to just show up as me. Oh, know unapolog- yeah,
3: and then yeah, know
2: thyself. Mm-hmm. And then show up unapologetically and be be um comfortable with who you are. And that is where, for me, if I wasn't comfortable with who I am, I wouldn't have done all those things, but it took work. It took a freaking lot of work to get there.
0: <laughs> and, and I'd also sort of probably just put the slight caveat on that uh, people are thinking, Oh, I'll just go and kiss Tom Jones, not in the post COVID environment. You won't. And secondly, be exactly. wear security, security, very hot on such things. So just bear that in mind as well. Hustle, but don't hassle. That's our particular maxim, really. <laughs> That's so a good on one. That sort of basis. Um, Speaking of music, Linda, are there any musical icons that kind of guide you through any kind of soundtracks to your dreams that you actually have? Would you say, I will not do my TEDx talk before listening to a Pamela Sue track, for instance?
2: There we go. Well, it's funny you ask that question, because a few years ago, something weird started happening. And it was it was I actually know when it was. It was 2015. In 2015, I was breaking through a fear every day for the entire year. Well, about two or three months into it, a song came into my head. And I didn't know at the time that that song was going to play in my head for an entire year and a half. And that song was man in the mirror by Michael Jackson. Now, the reason I mentioned that is because it was just this thing that kept playing in my head. And as I looked, I was like, why is that song in my head? And I thought, you know what, maybe it's because I myself was taking a look in the mirror every single day for a year to face a fear. Right. And so that song kept playing. So one day I'm on a zoom call like this with a a friend of mine. And, and I said, I got this song. It just keeps playing in my head. Like why that song, you know? And um, she said, do you want to get rid of it? And I said, yes, please. I definitely, I want to get rid of it. So she went through some process that we, you know, one of those like woo woo spiritual processes. And, and next thing I knew the song was gone. But the next day it was replaced with a different song. Again, I didn't know this song was going to stick with me for about three years. And that was the song. I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. I don't know the correlation. I haven't figured it out because, you know, I do love to dance. My husband doesn't. So maybe I want to dance with somebody else. I don't know. (laughs) Just kidding.
5: We're not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see them need? A son's disregard. I'm broke.
2: song it just plays so i don't have a choice alex that's my point i don't have a choice that is linda we've
0: just heard man in the mirror and we'll also hear whitney houston at the end of the piece as well so suddenly you'll have both of them together at last (laughs) nice Nice. whitney and michael (laughs) from the great beyond amazing yes exactly jessica any other questions or queries you'd like to put to either linda or indeed pamela
1: I have to say, if there's one piece of advice that you would like to give the audience and Ms. Pamela, also, if you have a piece of advice that you think that we need to keep in mind for 2022, what would it be?
2: Well, I'll I'll start with um, my word of the year. One thing, a piece of advice is to pick a word of the year and focus on that word. So my word this year is Expansion. Because I'm looking at expanding my business exponentially, you know, ten more than ten xing it from last year. So expansion is my word of the year. So everything I do, I look at that and I say, "Hmm, will this help to expand my business? Yes or no? If the answer is no, I don't do it. If the answer is yes, then I go for it." So that's my piece of advice.
3: Thank you. Wow, that's that's beautiful. Um, <clears throat> I would say because this is this has come up a lot in, in collaborations and, and work that I'm doing right now, um, and it also ties back to to mm-hmm. <clears throat> Linda what you were saying um, in the sense of, of culture. Alex asked the question about cultures. Um, <clears throat> cultures have little idiosyncrasies, and, and and I'm doing a lot of exploration with that uh, right now. But the truth is that we're all the same within, you know. So. Part of that is, for this year, something that I'm trying to do and also something that I think the world is really kind of groaning towards, you know, in one big sort of massive blob. Um, And that is the the joy, increasing the joy and the hope and the sense of community as opposed to aloneness. And if in our work we keep in mind the fact that we're really – you know, it's the human condition and we're in the human condition and we're all in it together and we can work together and find our, our commonality and, and, and laugh lovingly about our differences um, and try and become more adept and wiser, you know, individually and working together. I I think it's, it's really like, like, um, planetary, and this is going to sound very hippie, but like a planetary communion, you know, that's really kind of the hope, and that's what I, that's what I personally am, am, looking towards, and I think that a lot of us are, and that's good, and I hope that, you know, imagine what the world would be like if, if all of us, who, could, if all of us had the capacity and the free will and all of that, and we were all able to think bigger and bigger, the world would just transform
0: and i'll go back to jessica's don't let a wishbone grow where your backbone should be or your willbone should be maybe <laughs> that's a possible line uh, finally linda how can people get in touch with you yourself what's the best web address and ways in which they can reach you on the socials internationally
2: definitely thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure and i love the conversation you can find me at actiontakerspublishing.com and then i'm on all the socials as linda l y n d a sunshine west like I'm on you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'm getting over to TikTok. I don't know if I'm going to like that one too much yet, but I'm heading over there you know, to check it out. And then also on YouTube, we have Women Action Takers, our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Apparently, more people have actually signed up to TikTok last year than did Google. So uh, it's obviously growing in its own way, whatever one's views about the whole sequence. But still, what the hey. Uh, Jessica, would you like to put those last two questions to Linda? She's already kind of answered one, but off you go, Jessica. It's part and parcel of the whole thing.
1: I'd love to. Linda, have you had a reasonably interesting Zoomer with us today?
2: Oh, yes, of course. It's been very, um, yes. <laughs> I'm glad.
1: And will you be joining us again?
2: I hope so. Yeah, you guys will have me. I will be here. <laughs>
0: it's always nice to connect California with New York, with North Carolina. Uh, we've got a few other states to actually go, obviously. Uh, but, you know, there's, th- there's three sort of represented there. So that's all great. Uh, Pamela and Jessica will be back, of course, with New York Real Talk in the very near future. Uh, and Linda Sunshine West, we salute you. Take care. Good luck with your TEDx talk. I'm sure we'll speak again very soon. And uh, happy 2022.
2: Thank you so much. Everybody have a great day.
0: going to actually do in terms of maintaining our health as far as new year is concerned you might well say well look at your diet because it seems that uh, the january diet or veganuary depending on your point of view is certainly one of the most challenging things we've got to be faced with 42 percent of british folk dreading the january diet 47% not making it past the first week. And indeed, uh, many people are risking health complications by cutting out food groups like carbs and fats and so on. So how can we actually address this? Well, we've got a dynamic duo of individuals to actually work through the process with us. Uh, First of all, we have that ace comedian, Catherine Ryan. How are you, Catherine?
6: Hello, I'm very well. Happy New Year.
0: And to your good self, and of course, we've got uh, from the scientific side of things, dietitian Claire Thornton-Wood. How are you, Claire?
7: I'm very good, thank you. Happy New Year.
0: And to your good self. Claire, let's start off with respects to yourself. Um, that sounds as though a lot of people are really progressing from the point of view of wanting to go on a diet, but not really having any education or any notion about, well, we've got to cut this out, we've got to scrap this, we've got to do this, etc. And throwing themselves in the whole thing too enthusiastically, resulting in misery.
7: Yeah, I mean, I... I always think of the sort of analogy of a a diet. It isn't really a diet. You need to change your lifestyle to something that you can, um, you know, that you can sustain, that you can keep up. So if you are really, really restricting your diet by cutting out your, you know, your food groups and really restricting the amount you eat, actually, you are going to be probably not very happy. You're going to be low in energy and you're going to struggle um, to keep it up, you know, and like the recipe box, Gusto, you've already said their stats demonstrate that people just can't sustain it they really it's not something that they can that they can keep up so much better ways of doing it you know look at your overall balance of your diet look at your portion sizes um look at the kinds of foods you're eating and how often you're eating them you know that they're all much better ways of um, of, of changing things
0: OK, Catherine, you're in the business of comedy and obviously do a superlative job with respect, with respect to that. But one of the things about obviously the comedian's lifestyle and the entertainer's lifestyle in general is you can often eat all of the wrong things because you eating at all the wrong times and so on and so forth. Does this kind of resonate with respect to yourself? I mean, what, did you recognise issues in this whole notion of, oh, it's January, we've got our diet again? Or, or is it just a case of, no, I've never had any problems with this area whatsoever?
6: I am very blessed. I think, Alex, I haven't had any problems in this area whatsoever. I have a really healthy attitude toward body image. I think a lot of that um, is luck, but it's also something I do on purpose because I'm a mother of a teenage daughter. I know a lot of people follow me who are at an age where enjoying life and mental health is just So important and I want people to have a positive body image. That's why I think it's best to ditch the diets and to eat the way in June that you eat the way in January. I just have a long-term positive approach to food. I eat really inclusively. Um, I got stuck in a rut with recipes at home. And that's why I was so grateful to have found Gusto. They have 60 new recipes a week. 50% of those are from, you know, the healthy range. You could have a cheeseburger, but make it a lean protein, have maybe a turkey cheeseburger or the other night I made a plant-based linguine carbonara. So I'm never restricting myself. I've just learned to love exciting recipes that have lots of fresh herbs and veg. And I always think about what I am eating and not what I'm leaving out. And that way, one evening, if I feel like having wine and cheese fries, I absolutely do that. I genuinely mean it when I say I eat whatever I want and I love eating well. And sometimes I love eating cheese.
0: Wow. Uh, That's a a huge sort of say. Sometimes you like eating cheese. Claire, let's turn to your good self. I mean, I've been using this little acronym over the last few weeks, basically, which is treats. Terrible results eating all that sugar, which I suppose hammers home the notion of don't take sugar. It's the new nicotine. Step away from that. But is it all, as Catherine's just said, it's all about the balance. It's a case of ensuring that you maintain a kind of healthy attitude to food as opposed to letting food dominate yourself.
7: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I need to say that my favorite food is cheese. I love all <laughs> kinds of cheese. I'm definitely with you on that one, Catherine. Yeah. I mean, it, it's about balance. It's it's about not demonizing any particular food and making sure that you eat regular meals. Um, and if you're looking to, um, you know, maybe to reduce your intake a, a little bit, you can um, think about having half of your plate covered in vegetables and then a quarter protein a quarter carbohydrates um if you're not if you're just looking to you know sustain your weight as it is then then use a third of your plate for each of those you can have snacks you know you can have chocolate bars it's just about the frequency with um with which you eat them and i think one interesting thing is i mean you asked about Catherine's lifestyle and you know busy and i think like a a lot of people are, are are really um you know short of time and and there is research that shows that a lot of people have got no idea at five o'clock in the evening what they're having for dinner and i would absolutely include myself in that I, there's a lot of evenings when i open the fridge and i don't know what i'm going to cook so these recipe boxes are, are really good for that because you know that you've got a meal and you know what what you're going to have because it's already arrived in your in your box but yeah it's all about sort of planning and balance
0: and Catherine, as you said, Gusto have actually produced these uh, uh, recipes and ingredients and, and meals from that point of view. Is, is that in a sense the way of the future that actually it's companies like Gusto that actually will fulfill the, the classic first world problem of being cash rich, time poor?
6: Well, do you know, I think uh, it's a big misconception that these are not good value, but they start at about three pounds, under three pounds a portion. So I think for a lot of families, it is really affordable. I always have leftovers. It means that we order takeaway far less. Obviously we're eating in restaurants less. And when I'm on tour, I don't get stuck in the same position that you say a lot of comedians do eating on a train late at night. I always have a little... Uh, box from home of something really adventurous and delicious you know like a tangy veg Thai curry or something you know that I wouldn't even imagine would be so easy and so great value to cook at home
0: so Claire returning back to the whole nutritional aspect of, of side of things allowing for the fact that as again as we've said in the past if you've got a top range vehicle you don't expect it to go well if you fill it with sugar water especially if it's an electric car, because obviously it would cause all sorts of problems. There. Um, but from that perspective, um, is it a case of something like Gusto, which provides that all around balance? That, that is the key thing to actually successful lifestyle changes as opposed to, well, let's just do a January diet.
7: Yeah, it, absolutely. It's it's all, it's all around balance. So the meals from Gusto are, are well balanced. And if you sort of continue that in, into the rest of your um, eating habits... You know, sugar has been really demonized um, and it's true that we do need to cut down on sugar. You I know, mean, majority of people are eating more than the recommended amount of sugar. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have sugar at all. But for instance, if you have sugar in your tea, it can be a, a really good um, thing to, to cut that out from the perspective of, of your dental health. Um, it contains calories. Um, but, you know, the old chocolate bar, the old biscuit, a pudding here and there absolutely fine and you know parts of food is a really social thing it's a it's a pleasure um and and we need to remember that we need to enjoy you know continue to enjoy our food
6: is it true claire that if i use non-dairy milk in my coffee that i can eat cheese and and that doesn't count as dairy that is all of a sudden invisible and i and i've been dairy free all day (laughs) i mean
7: you, you you can swap um dairy is does does give some really important nutrients calcium is obviously the most well known of those but it's also got b12 iodine other things in but totally. if you want to swap for um a, a plant-based milk that that's absolutely fine um i would say make sure it's fortified with um calcium at least and and, and often it is fortified with these other things because otherwise you are at risk yeah. of um you know poor bone health but yeah and if,
6: I, life, so if I, I eat cheese um, in the middle of the night straight out of the fridge like a wolf does that count <laughs> What as a dairy intake yeah it yeah. does and you know if i'm
7: if i'm hungry if i if i skip lunch for some reason and i come home the first thing i'll do is go to the fridge and cut off a hunk of cheese um i love cheese
0: <laughs> okay i mean i've got to wrap up this this particular piece by asking you claire first and foremost what is your favorite cheese
3: Ooh.
7: Oh, I think actually it's got to be a yeah, Parmesan, really, uh-huh. st- really strong Parmesan.
3: Okay. Oh, uh, she's this...
7: got us. That's a healthy
6: cheese as well. You can tell she's a nutritionist.
7: Well, you know, it, the stronger the cheese, the less you need to use. So actually that's a really good tip if you want to still get the cheesy yeah. flavor. Um,
0: so the same question to you yourself, Catherine, are you going to go down the Parmesan route? Or are you going to go completely different and maybe select a Camembert?
6: I don't. I I like a creamy herb and garlic cheese. I like to incorporate those creamy cheeses in a lot of my cooking. I'm going the complete opposite way to Claire. I will have a gluten-free crumpet in the morning, just loaded. The cheese matches the thickness of the crumpet.
0: There you go. Who would have thought we'd actually start talking about cheese so early on in 2022, but it's always <laughs> been a delight in any way, shape or form. Uh, Catherine, where can people find out more details about uh, this uh, particular topic and indeed those wonderful ready-made meals?
6: You can check out all the Gusto ranges on the website, gusto.co.uk or download the Gusto app.
0: And uh, from your own particular touring and various other aspects, what does 2022 have in store for you, good self?
6: Well, I've been on tour since October 2021, and I've done a lot of the faraway Scottish and northern dates. So for the beginning of 2022 anyway, I'm quite close to London doing like the south and touring basically every weekend until March 2022.
0: There you go. Hopefully Lincoln will be on the itinerary in the not too distant future, but we'll just see where we go with respect to that.
6: I'll be at the Uh, engine shed
0: exactly you know the engine shared literally mm-hmm. just about, about um, 150 yards away from the actual siren radio studios Astounding! Oh. there we are on the same campus Catherine Ryan comedian extraordinaire and Claire Thornton Ward dietitian extraordinaire yeah. keep on keeping on and happy 2022
3: <laughs> thank you Alex thank you.